to building a modern employer brand podcast. I'm your host, and my name is Susanna Rantanen. Let's talk about blogging. Blogging that doesn't really exist in talent marketing and talent acquisition. Why are you not using the company blog as an opportunity to build awareness and grow affinity between your business and your talent audiences? That's my question for you, HR and talent acquisition people this week. Blocking is still an extremely relevant tactic uh, for marketing communications and your blog posts, when obviously relevant to your audiences, can help you tremendously in your work in HR and talent acquisition. And I'm pretty sure that a co- the company that you work for has a blog. Most companies these days do have a blog. And I'm pretty sure also that the quality content will be welcomed to your company blog. Why I know this is because most corporate communication teams struggle with a lack of quality content. Now, it's quality content that drive traffic to websites and keep website visitors, obviously, on your website. So imagine if your website was a restaurant. Obviously, we know that there's millions of restaurants in the world and there could be tens or even hundreds of restaurants in in your local city or town. And uh, just, you know, like restaurants, there are also tens and thousands and millions of websites on the internet. And why are some restaurants well known? Why do they get a lot of traffic as in customers? And when people walk past them, why certain restaurants get a lot of like these random visitors who just easily pop in and make an order, sit down, make an order. And why do people return over and over to the same restaurants? Because they were given food for their brain, pun intended. So when we talk about your company website, it is actually the blog content that has the most likelihood of becoming that kind of food for your website visitors. When, you know, we work with uh, uh, a lot of companies that actively hire and we can see in their in their uh, website analytics that actually the most traffic is generated to open vacancies when you compare it to any other sort of a page or or um, a landing page on their company website so you know people come after relevant current content and uh, obviously we know that your job posts are only relevant to active job job seekers who represent that sort of uh, competence and, and knowledge area that your vacancy is about. So there are still tons of other members in your audiences that could be coming to your website if there was something current and relevant for them and your blog could be like that. When we talk about um, you know, your website and your career pages, even though people may, wa- may find them, they they don't necessarily stay and they necessarily never come back if they if their experience isn't that there's something uh, interesting valuable relevant enough for them to you know to stay for a bit longer and then also to come back so your company block is literally your best option to convince a talent 
website visitor to stay. But the problem is that most company blogs are not that relevant to you know to to any external audience, much else your talent audiences because you know when they're hosted by marketing, then they are then they generally service your company customer audience. But and and if they're hosted by your communications department, then uh, they are more like a current news outlet about your business, current affairs, and your business news. So neither of those are really relevant content for your talent audiences. In this week's episode of Building a Modern Employer Brand Podcast, I want to talk to you about what HR and talent acquisition, why you should block and what you can block about, and why you should learn to use your company blog and this method of blocking as means to help you and your business to succeed with your existing and desired talents. So this is a very important part of talent marketing as a topic. And since you're listening to this podcast, you I assume you have an interest towards talent marketing and employer branding. And that is why I am suggesting you to make a plan how your company HR and talent acquisition could use your company blog to obviously inform, inspire, uh, educate, entertain your talent audiences as well. There's plenty of room for that. And it's very rare for any business, a small or medium sized or large, you know, local, national, global. It's very rare for organizations to use the company blog in a consistent manner to you know, to, to produce content and entertain, educate, educate, inform, inspire your talent audiences. So there's literally a lot of space available for you to take up on this, this uh, tactic. What can HR and talent acquisition blog about? I think it's a valid question. Uh, so there's plenty of topics that uh, both HR and talent acquisition could take over and cover in your blog posts. Um, I want to first sort of diff- uh, separate here that when I talk about HR, I'm meaning HR as in sense when I was, you know, working as an HR manager, you know, I oversaw the sort of all the sort of internal processes in relation to to hiring, to employee experiences, to leadership, to, you know, developing uh, uh competences, you know, career development, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously talent acquisition is is solely functioning to um obviously to get quality applicants and and uh, fill in vacancies. So sometimes depending on a company size, HR can cover this both. Like, you know, I have in my earlier career been like responsible for all of this. And then when we're talking about larger companies, there tends to be more people working in the HR department. And some of them are specifically working with recruiting with talent acquisition. So in a case where, you know, you don't represent both of these, you represent either or, or if you represent both, this is relevant to you. But obviously then your audiences are a bit different. Uh, and um, what you do need to think about first is who your audience is, who you're going to cater this blog post, uh, your blog content to, uh, for, and what could be more, you know, what could be relevant 
for them as an audience. So in general, you have two primary audiences and these are internal audiences, meaning your existing employees, your full-time employees, your part-time employees, your trainees, your summer in, uh, summer interns, your, um, you know, middle management, your top uh, leaders, you know, the decision makers in your organization, as well as your former employees. I would, I would suggest you not to forget about those people who used to work for you. I'm still counting them as your internal audiences. If you don't take them into account, eventually they will become external audiences and they don't have any reasons to, to uh, come back to your website and to share your content or mention you or recommend or suggest you. So your internal audiences are the people that you actually work with or you worked with before. And then your external audiences are obviously your active and passive job seekers. Oftentimes, as said, the internal audiences are, you know, are, are kind of an obvious target audience for HR. And uh, this element, you know, with content creation and blogging has to do really how to, it's kind of like you could consider it as your internal communication, but when you use the block as the outlet, obviously you want to make sure that the information or the content that you're providing is not company classified information. So that's the difference between like probably internal communication and then this kind of a publicly available information and content that is still targeted to sort of um, answer the questions and, and, and uh, grow the awareness of your internal audiences. And then when we talk about the you know, the external audiences that are active and passive job seekers, obviously, you know, there's they're interested in very different kind of information than what your internal audiences are. Uh, but you'll also find that there are actually sort of a lot of HR block content that can cater to both internal and external audiences at the same time. For example, stuff about your company culture, your, you know, people's stories, um, uh, uh, content about where a company is going, customer cases, things like that. If uh, written in a way like from, from an angle that is relevant to your talent audiences, that they can relate to those content, then this is the, an example of the kind of content, HR content that can be used both for you know internal audiences as well as in both recruitment marketing and employer branding. So when you find these kind of content or topic sweet spots, you can save up a lot of time by choosing topics that are interesting and relevant to both your existing employees as well as the job seekers. So you kind of kill like a, well, that's a really nasty way to say. I don't want to kill any birds, but you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. So let's talk what you can blog about. So you can blog about all aspects of the work as long as they are not revealing any personnel, any personal or company classified information. Remember that your blog is a public media and you can get the best value out of the blog if you do use it as a public media and, and only create content that are that can be used also for your external marketing and communications. So this means that even, even though there is a lot of information that you that your internal employees want to hear about, you won't put everything on the public company blog. 
Also, another key learning that I want you to remember is that as a company blogger, which you would be if you started to blog as a, a member of the HR team or the talent acquisition team, you are blogging on your company's time and money. So make it about valuable for the company. So what this means is that even though you fancy blocking about something that is interesting and relevant to you, if it doesn't help to increase your target audience's desire to engage with and commit to your company, then don't waste your working time on it. Create your own sort of personal blog and do it as a, you know, afterworks hobby kind of thing. But make sure that your company blog is about stuff that adds value to your business. It is a different thing to blog as a hobby about what's personally interesting to us. Uh, you know, do it in our own time, do it in our own way, you know, choose whatever words and photos and whatever we want to do, and then to blog professionally. And as this is a podcast for aspiring talent marketing professionals, I cannot recommend here anything else but taking that professional angle because it is my job here to teach you how to become a person a professional talent marketer and be respected for your professional skills business decision makers appreciate and i know what they expect and they expect you to deliver them value in exchange for the time that you spend on blogging. So make it worthy for the business. Also, if your communications department is sort of guarding your company blog, they're not going to allow, if they're professional communication people, they're not going to allow you to post anything that isn't sort of in line with what your company wants to represent in terms of topics and content. So, uh, Deliver value in exchange for the time that you spend on blocking. Make it worthy for the business because that way it's going to be worthy also for you. So when and if, and we are obviously expecting, when your blocking starts to deliver value to your business, you will personally benefit from it because people who clearly add value to business tend to be rewarded and tend to be given more attention, more respect, more time, better career development opportunities. And that's what you should focus on, how you can benefit from doing things professionally at your work. So the easiest way to get started is to think about the audience, as said, that you want to read your blog post. It's so much easier to plan topics to idea where you're going to blog about what your blog posts are going to cover when you can imagine the person who's going to read in your post. So when I plan for this podcast and all these episodes, uh, I'm always thinking about who do I want to listen to this and what are they expecting to hear from me and how is it going to be in line with what I promised and what's like the overall goal for this business podcast. What, think about what are some of the problems, questions, concerns, worries your audience, the targeted audience might have. And do you have something to share that can help them with those problems and questions, concerns, worries? Uh, or what are they curious about? What can you tell them to give food for their thinking that might inspire them to you know, to build up on their curiosity to learn more about your topic and learn more about your business and, and you as the blogger. And what do they must know? What should you inform them about? What kind of information are they looking for? 
And what information can you share on this blog that nobody else is able to or will not share? So think about those when you think about your person that who you want to read your blog posts. And remember, it's a business blog. So make it from that angle, a professional angle. Think about a, uh, think for a moment why you're blocking or what you're planning to get started with a business blog. And with this, I mean, what are the objectives that you have for your blog and the act of blogging? Blogging is much more fun and much more motivating to you when you have a clear purpose for it. And when we're talking about digital marketing, which obviously blogging is a part of as well, uh, it can easily be measured. And there are like literally tons of metrics we could choose from that can help us to understand and validate all the effort that we put into, you know, creating a great business blog. And when we can see people, those readers actually becoming interested in our blog posts, spending time reading them, returning to our blog over and over and mentioning us, mentioning our blog posts, sharing our blog posts in social media to their friends and their networks, and that way helping us to get even more visitors to our website and to our blog, you know, and what more contacted us to, to letting us know how they've been able to, you know, to, to, to understand something better, to learn from us, to be inspired if we've been able to change, you know, somehow what, you know, their plans and their life, impact them in a really major way. Uh, it just feels so rewarding. And you want to know about that. I personally get such a big reward every time when one of you, my podcast listeners and followers, approach me on social media to share with me how much you know, my content has been able to inspire them, you know, learn them. They tell me specifically what they've learned from me and how valuable it has been for them professionally, for example. And that is the reason why I stay motivated to keep up with this weekly content production and podcasting. I am being re rewarded by you guys as my audience, and I return that reward by giving you more of what you want to hear. However, what you and I must both pay attention to is that this is not a hobby. So you you can you and I can both we both do this at the cost of the companies who pay for our salaries. There's uh, there there's there's there the time that we put into blocking and I put into podcasting. Uh, you know, I could be doing something else equally or even more valuable for the business who pays my salary, which is my own business. So I really pay attention to and make sure that I'm using this time in the best possible way because you know at the end of the day, I need to pay salaries to other people as well. And if I'm wasting all these hours doing something that doesn't generate us value, I need to work, you know, more to cover for this time in order to pay salaries for my employees. Even though you you wouldn't be in a position where you pay salaries to anybody, somebody's paying your salary. Maybe it's you, maybe it's, you know, the business owner, but whatever we choose to blog about, we must choose it intentionally to help our company to succeed and us as the employees to deliver value for the time we spend 
on you know blocking we all represent a business so this is not a hobby to me nor will blocking be a hobby for you when you do it for work of course, it means your audiences will eventually start to return other value to your business as well, not just those thanks and those mentions. You want to see them, you know, talking good about your company, helping to share the uh, knowledge, the awareness of your employee brand. Uh, you want them to, uh, you know, share your job posts that you want them, you, you want to convert them into your recruitment leads and your future talents. You want your blog posts to you know, to increase the employee experiences of your existing employees. You want them to, uh, if you want your employees to feel like they are being better informed and they understand better about, you know, your company purpose, your mission, your values, your customer promises, uh, you know, where your company is heading on. You can use a company blog for this kind of information that can be shared publicly but it's relevant to both your internal audiences and your external audiences. So obviously you want to make sure that that in addition to those thanks and reward, you know, <laughs> those rewarding thanks, that there's actually a business value that comes out of this. I want to emphasize this because professional talent marketing adds value to the business. And that is why you will then get better career opportunities. You will, you know, you will earn respect and you are invited into those groups and those discussions where big boys and big girls make decisions. And that is the key to your career development. I don't blog or podcast only to give you free tips and guidance. I blog and podcast to make a living. I blog and podcast to get my business um you know, opportunities that I can continue to to give and create new jobs and career development opportunities for my employees and other, you know, talent marketing professionals like you, you know, like yourself that want to work for my company doing these things. I'm not able to do that if I spend all my times, you know, for free will. So I block and podcast to build an audience that I can first help. And then this audience eventually converts into our followers. And some of them obviously then converts into clients, paying customers. So you also must block only with the intention to obviously first help others, then convert your audiences into, into recruitment lists and applicants. And if you block for the internal audiences, first in mind, obviously, then your blocking must increase their positive employee experiences and willingness to engage with and commit to whatever your company goals are. So this is the ultimate reason that your block, that why you're blocking and the ultimate value that your blocking must generate for the business that you represent. Let me repeat. So when you block for work, there must be that expected outcome where all your time and all your effort that you invested in blocking will return value to you as a business blocker. And if you can use your words and if you can use your knowledge to empower others to follow and others to convert to example as your recruitment leads, your boss has potentially saved a lot of money and time doing recruitment campaigns, desperately trying to fill those vacancies. You can imagine then the value of your words and your knowledge to your boss and, you know, consequently to your career development. 
So the difference between HR blocking and talent acquisition blocking, it's not necessarily that huge. After all, it's really not about your title, but about the work you do uh, and uh, the value that you can generate to your block audiences and how you can help them. Obviously, you know, in talent acquisition, there's uh, elements that are focused on recruitment and helping the applicants to uh, you know, to, to succeed in recruitment processes and so on. And in a short moment, I will return with how to know what to block about. But before I want to tell you in a bit of a commercial way, what I'm up to with my team right now. Have you noticed how much you enjoy working with recruitment, marketing, communications and employee branding activities? Have you wished how you could spend more time of your working hours in creating content and building the employer image and brand to your business that that you work for? Or as a talent acquisition professional, have you noticed how much you wish you could dive deeper into using marketing and communications and social media to get more quality applicants to the recruitment processes and do better communication to improve the candidate experiences? But you realize there's no school to learn this from, not specifically in talent marketing context. All business or all consumer marketing books, they seem irrelevant to you because they teach how to use marketing to sell. And that is not your desire. I have really good news for you. In early 2021, we are launching an online talent marketing school for aspiring talent marketing professionals like yourself. And this talent marketing school will be a members-only educational environment where against a membership fee, you will get access to educational content provided there over time. There will be more and more over time. And I will be your head teacher, literally, I will be your main online coach, teaching you everything essential about modern talent marketing and communication in easily digestible doses. And this talent marketing school will be developed for modern talent marketers who want to build a career in talent marketing, who want to become the experts on how to help your business, your current business, your future workplace, your customers, whatever, to win the war for talent using marketing and communication as your tools. And you will not be able to get this education from anywhere else because I am creating the content myself and I will share my 20 years of experience from marketing and communication tailored specifically in to a talent marketing environment. And this is not just how to build a recruitment campaign. This is about how to graduate as a talent marketing professional and be able to select from all of the available tactics, the best strategies and the means to help your organizations in any given situation. And if this is something that aspires you, I'm inviting you to go to modernemployerbrand.com. On that uh, first place, you will find a purple button that asks for you to join TMS, that's TMS, Talent Marketing School, waitlist. So I invite you to join that waitlist to our upcoming Talent Marketing School because we are launching online early 2021. That's only a couple months from now. And if you sign up to the waitlist, that will put you at the forefront at the forefront, uh, and you'll be among the first ones to get access and 
you know, special treats when we launch this amazing telemarketing school. So go to modernemployerbrand.com, click on the purple button that chance says join TMS telemarketing school waitlist to sign up. That's all you need to do right now. Literally, that's all you need to do. And then just wait. I will be in contact with you. And I'm not going to bother you. This is, and this is not going to force you. You're not going to have to buy anything from me, even when we launch. There's nothing to buy at this moment anyway. I just want to be able to let you know more information when the time comes so that you can make a decision whether we're going to stick to it or not. So go to modelemployerbrand.com, click on purple puzzle, join TMS waitlist and sign up. All you need to do right now. Okie dokie, my friend. What can HR and talent acquisition blog about? Let's continue. Based on many studies during this, you know, content marketing era, people look for four types of content, you know, when they Google. They look for informational content, inspirational content, educational content, and entertaining content. So when you block, you need to plan your blocking topics around one or more of these four types of content that people look for. So I recommend making a content idea plan, kind of like a backlog of ideas. So you have one place where you can store your sort of raw ideas and maybe more, you know, thought of ideas. And you can also collect content ideas from others, but they're all in the same place, all in what we call a backlog of content ideas. This way you will always have something there to pick from, to choose from, to actually start writing about. So when I create this podcast, this is what I also have a backlog of ideas. I haven't necessarily planned like a like a year's worth of topics, but I have a backlog of ideas. And then when I produce the content, I obviously like go to my backlog. I think about what is relevant, what is current. I might change my mind. Sometimes I plan that, you know, this episode is going to be about this, but then I don't do it because at that moment, I wasn't really inspired to talk about it. I just you know, that happens to me a lot. So I'm not necessarily always inspired to podcast about something or blog about something that I might have planned before. You know, when you create valuable content, you have to put your mind to it. And if you don't have that kind of inspiration, if you, you know, if at that point you feel like I don't have anything to say about this topic today, then, you know, choose another one. That's, you know, that's what we do. I also recommend sticking to a schedule and making blocking literally a weekly routine for you. Just like I do this podcast, it comes out every Wednesday, every Wednesday. So you got to do this. You got to create a routine for your audiences to come back and to be able to expect to hear from you. And if your content is going to be valuable, it's interesting, it raises their curiosity, inspires them, and they know that there's always a new blog post or a podcast coming on Wednesday, they're going to want to come back and check whether there is a, a podcast or a, a blog post coming on Wednesday. So stick to the plan, stick to the schedule, create a routine. One of the best moments as a podcaster, I've been podcasting for years, uh, uh, you know, I podcasted in Finnish for years before I started this one, this English one. And uh, one of my uh, 
listeners want to send me a message or like a screenshot uh, of a um, you know their their phone and the the podcast app and they were you know just that okay it's a new episode I'm listening to this I just wanted to let you know that you are part of my weekly routine and that to me was like a victory because that literally told me that you know I have accomplished something with that with that podcast that that by repeating and giving you know quality content every week at the same time i had sort of taught my audience to expect for it to wait for it and they gave time to it so this is what happens and this is literally very important because there's so much you know your audience everybody wants them to read their blog posts and watch their videos and listen to their podcasts and so on so they're not going to stick with you unless you help them to create a routine. So that's why I recommend, I recommend st- sticking to a schedule and making it a weekly routine for you. And I have to say that these days, one blog post per week is literally enough. There is no need to publish more than one blog post a week. But you need to save time to share it, to talk about it, to introduce it on social media, to help people find it and click on it and read it. And this you might need to have to do several times a week in different social media, different times of the day in different ways. So you want to save time for that because do not expect people to find your blog post if you do not market it. So let's think about your external audiences for a minute. So your audiences are likely to be active job seekers that are still looking for a job. So an active job seeker that is still looking for a job is not an applicant to you yet. It's just a person who is actively looking for new jobs. And you, if you have something to offer to them and their ideal applicant to you, you want to draw their attention. And with a blog post, you could easily do that. But then your uh, external talent audiences are also applicants that are in your applicant tracking system. As in those people who are currently involved in a recruitment process with your company, like an active candidate, and those who used to be candidates in your recruitment processes, but are now in your talent pool as contacts and uh, you could contact them later about an, a vacancy if you had something and they were suitable for that. So we're talking about like a talent pool. And then obviously you have those candidates that are in an actual selection process moving forward currently with your company. So you have different kinds of talent audiences, external talent audiences. They're not interested in the same content. They don't have the same worries, the same questions, the same concerns, the same pains, the same, you know, curiosities. Uh, uh, but you need to cater to all of this, which means that you have, if you think about informational content and you have three different types of external audiences, you know, you have three different topics for a blog post. So that's already three blog post ideas. Now, what could be uh, information that are relevant to these uh, audiences? So if you look at the four types of content angle, if you if you handle this from that angle, uh, think about first, what information they might be looking for and appreciate finding very easily. So that's the informational need. Then what kind of content and topics might inspire them to do something that is beneficial to your company, such as choose to apply for your vacancy or share your vacancy to their friends that are, you know, uh, relevant 
to talk good about you to others, uh, share your other content on their social media, or decide to commit to your recruitment process instead of committing to your competitive recruitment process that they are actively involved at the same time as they are involved in your recruitment process. What could you educate your audiences about? And what might be considered entertaining as in giving their brains the rest while they consume your content? We all sit on a lot of information uh, that is most definitely valuable to some people. Choose well. Choose so that it helps you to deliver value to your audiences, to your company, and as a result, have a positive impact on your own career. So if you desire to become a professional talent marketer, go to modernemployerbrand.com, join the talent marketing school waitlist so that I know. So this is it for this week on building a modern employer brand podcast. If you don't remember, my name is Susanna Rantanen and I teach modern talent marketing and employer branding to aspiring talent marketing professionals like yourself. Come back next week and uh, we'll talk more. Moi moi. Thank you.